Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Initiative Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jim O'Brien. Today, I'm going to be talking to my bud, Van Seeley, a retired Marine of 20 years, firearms instructor, and a manager at a local gun store and range. I've had the pleasure of training under Van for everything from basic defensive pistol to advance, as well as a little bit of carbine work in the mix. And today, we're going to be talking to you about all things training versus gear and where it is you really should be looking to spend your time and money. I want to welcome Van to the podcast. This will be part one of two. Hi, Van. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm glad to have you on today. And uh, seeing as how yesterday was Memorial Day, thank you for your service. Appreciate all you've done for us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, So we wanted to get on here and talk about uh, uh, gear and training and why you might want to place one of those over the other. Absolutely. So I'm of the opinion that you should spend more money on training than you should gear, especially starting out. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. Over my time with active duty Marine Corps, being part of training cadre in the Marine Corps and working my way into the civilian world, it's training has become second to equipment, especially in this current gun market where everybody's got a fix, you know, it's outdoors trader, arms list, eBay, Amazon. There's always new gadgets, skiers and gadgets that you can throw on your guns or replace your current gun with a different gun. And, and then everybody doesn't invest uh, time and money into training, let alone practicing. Um, So they're just kind of, they're chasing perfection with equipment where, if they would train more, they would find to bridge that gap of, you know, entry level capabilities to getting better, faster, more accurate, or whatever their skill, you know, mantra is. Yeah, they, yeah, they, re- they replace it with gear, and it's it's fine, you know. And you and I have talked about this, but you know, there's a balance, and uh, one can't supersede the other. It kind of goes hand in hand, you know, as as we get older. You know, there's, you know, sometimes easier things to use, better advances in gear and equipment help, but it can never truly miss the core. No, absolutely. I think a lot of people use gear to compensate for the lack of training, right? They think the gear is going to make them good. So before we deep dive in this, because I'm completely on board, I want to tell the people, our listeners, a little bit about you and your background and who, you know, what you've done and who you are and that sort of thing. So take a few minutes and tell us about you. Okay. Well, I joined the Marine Corps in 92. I ended up uh, going to Okinawa uh, for about six years. I bounced around first recon company to Fifth Force. Um, Both are the Marine Corps' version of the special operations, Um, you know, like kind of like the, the SEALs, if you will of the Marine Corps and then uh, ended up in 99, ended up going to first force out in California. And then I did a stint four year duty with first uh, special operations training groups. So not, you know, being one of the guys that was deployed and one of the guys on the force recon platoon, I ended up being one of their instructors um, and evaluators. And over that four years, I taught CQB close quarters battle. Uh, I was a, a primary breacher instructor um, I ended up my last year there before I went back to first force. 
ended up teaching the urban sniper and I was the intermittent chief instructor for the reconnaissance surveillance portion of the uh, Marine Corps special operations uh, training. And then ended up back at first force, uh, did a combat deployment, OIF, got back from there and decided I need a little, little time off of doing all the deployments I had in the past and ended up as a ranger instructor because uh, I was ranger qualified and did that for four years. Um, during that time, I, you know, established a couple different companies, training companies, uh, helped the company with manufacturing and uh, designing, um, tactical bags, medical bags, and some other small things. And then once I finished off with a Ranger Training Battalion, uh, I went to a res- active duty personnel as a, res- um, as a reserve unit down in Smyrna. Uh, and I finished my last two years out of my 20 down there. Um, then after that, I you know, started looking for instructor jobs uh, right before retirement. My primary focus was becoming a, a firearms instructor, tactical, you know, kind of thing. I uh, want to own my own training company. Then I kind of fell into um, a retail business that was looking for an instructor uh, that was in Buford, Georgia, dead center. And then when I retired full time, ended up going on staff full time, uh, both teaching uh, basic handgun and some advanced level stuff. Got my NRA certification, instructor certification. And then about a year later, ended up as a general manager. And then, you know, been in that retail farms community, you know, about six years now. And then I also started, you know, smaller gear companies, designing slings, belts, other equipment, soft goods kind of thing. Then got in a customization of handguns. This is kind of how, you know, you and I have talked with, you know, customizing the, the Glock, turning a $500 Glock into a, to a $1,700 Glock and it shoots like right. a $600 Glock, you know? So, <laughs> right. that, um, you know, and, I, you know, my entire career was gears and gadgets and, you know, we were always chasing the perfect piece of equipment. Um, but we still had the baseline training to be able to take advantage of that equipment, you know? And then after that, I ended up, you know, uh, still at Dead Center, but I ended up starting a Cerakoting refinishing company as well. But, you know, it's uh, my whole life and career has been, you know, either doing it or instructing somebody how to do it, you know, and then trying to find better ways to do it, either from a teaching instruction standpoint, you know, a better techniques or, do we have a piece of equipment that can help maybe fix, you know, uh, there's a flaw in whatever, you know, whatever equipment we had, be it a holster or, or a backpack or, you know, you can't, you know, take a piece of styrofoam and make a holster. If you can get a good holster, that's going to hold your gun to secure. So there's still that, that, that equipment is important. Uh, but I, I find training is, is, is the, the foundation. It's the core of, what you have to have before you start searching for the magic, you know, the magical equipment, kind of like searching for the magical bullet. You know, everybody wants that magical bullet that's got the one-stop shot, right. you know. It's it all, just like yeah. it does in the movies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, I, and, and I think that's the point, right? And that's what we're here to talk to today. And you've kind of walked both sides of the street sometimes simultaneously between gear and training, right? You're in cells selling gear 
but you've also been on the training side and recognize the fact that the gear doesn't compensate for the lack of training or the training. And, and you make a really good point with the, the, the Glock analogy, right? You, you got a 500, $550 Glock, you can spend a thousand dollars on it, but does that really make you better with that platform? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a tough balance. Um, you know, cause it's not, it's not inclusive. It's, you know, they, they both share, you know, I mean, if, if gear and equipment wasn't important, then we, we'd still be shooting muskets, you know? So <laughs> there's, progress, there's progression in this equipment. This is a perfect time right now because the industry is, is as a whole, when it comes to firearm sales, it's stagnant. So all these companies now are becoming very creative in their equipment, very creative in their products, but, but it, you can also get very lost. You know, it's like going into a gun store and you see 350 choices of a handgun. It's overwhelming. Never, yeah. And you've never held a handgun before. You have no clue other than the monkey behind the counter telling you what you need. Um, so without a core, it's kind of like buying a car and not, you know, or never driving before you don't know what the hell you need, you know, it's, and, and we can get lost in that. And the gear and equipment is, is getting almost overwhelming where every day you see another piece of gear added to a gun. And it's almost, uh, what's the analogy you can use? It's like a, um, like a Lego set on a gun. Now there's so many things to attach to them that, you know, where, where does it end? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I I think part of the problem though is that a lot of the gear that's available in the firearms industry is at least on an individual purchasing basis is cheaper than a single at least a single quality training uh class. Would you agree with that? Like maybe that's part of the problem is price point? Um or I don't the perception know I don't know if it's price point or it's just pure laziness because <laughs> no, seriously, what, what's easier, Jim, to, to slap on a magwell on your Glock to make speed reloads easier yeah. or to practice reloads and get efficient at it, then add a magwell later. So it's, I think inherently Chicken we're kind of lazy. You know, we want the easy answers kind of like the, yeah. the seven minute abs. You know, we want to have a six pack, doing a seven minute workout, but we're not going to put in the 30 minutes in the gym or diet. We're not, you know, we want the easy fix. And I'm not saying that's bad uh, because there's some of this equipment that is really, I mean, it saves lives. It does make learning maybe practicing easier, simpler, you know, but it, it it's still that balance. And it, it's also that balance of knowing where's money wasted, you know, and there's yeah. a lot of philosophies on, Anything from, you know, how many magazines should you carry extra compared to you ever going to do a speed reload to what's the magical bullet? And there's a lot of misinformation out there, too. And we're our own worst enemies because I, th I think the industry as a whole, especially all these companies now that are popping up, they're all alphas. Like everybody makes crap. Only we make the good stuff. Right. Um, we eat ourselves from the inside that our magwell is better than your magwell is better than your rail is better than your light. And you're feeding your, I don't know, you're selling a bill of goods to people that may not understand. And it's that filtering, where do I put a hundred dollars? You know, I, I argue with people about, you know, night sites, 
Um, and I, I, yeah. I, people go cross-eyed at me when I tell them, why spend $150 on night sights? How many times you've been to the range? Right. Well, I go to the range once a month. Well, you might want to be able to get to the range more so you can instinctively shoot because in that high stress situation, you may not even see your sights anyway. So spend 150 bucks on ammo and some trigger time gun. Is, you're not going to have to chase that front sight because you know what it feels like when your gun is pointed in the correct direction. And, yeah. But I'm not saying don't get night sights. I'm just saying, where do you want to put your money now? Yeah. So I now. think you make, Two really good points in that, if I had to summarize what I heard. First of all, is that gear is equ is equated to the quick fix. And we know, at least especially here stateside, that we're all about the quick fix. You know, it's the magic pill to lose the weight. It's the magic pill to gain, you know, muscle mass. Whatever it is, we're always looking for the quick fix. And so the gear kind of gives us that same angle, right? And the other point that you make, which I think is fantastic, is that training doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go spend five, $600 to go to a top trainer that's known in the firearm community. Training just means that you're buying the ammo and actively going to the range and practicing or training regularly on your own and practicing skills, right? It doesn't have to be a $600 class that you're spending to train. And I think that's important, uh, an important point to make. Yeah, and it, there is a difference between training and practicing. You yes. know, when I when I uh, you know, I mean, you do Krav, you know, I do. I'm doing jujitsu now, and you know, I go to a class. I am training. I am taught a technique that I'm it may be familiar with, but I may be seeing it from a different avenue. But then after class, I stay with another guy, and we practice that technique. You know, and just taking a training class, you've done them with me and I've, I've done them and you've done them with other people as well. And I've gone to Proctor, I've gone to um, Rogers, I've gone to, you know, all sorts of schools, especially in the Marine Corps. Sure. You know, you got a, you, you know, an eight, 10 hour class and you are in sensory overload because there's so much information that as soon as you leave there, you've got to go practice, you know, but yeah. again, it's an investment that you have to make like what do you get what are you going to get more out of a 250 dollars training class or 250 dollars of trigger time or a balance of a little bit of each and then maybe some equipment to you know because i mean if you're shooting a, a high point you're probably not looking at the best reliable gun so maybe some of that 250 needs to go in there with a better gun sure um into you know an aftermarket accessory that's going to help with the techniques and and what you're practicing to make you better make you faster make you more accurate yeah. um and it it's still i always say it's not all inclusive you you got to have a balance of all you know you cannot um you cannot stick to you know i i, I used to call them the dinosaurs in the recon community and utmost respect for these guys but you know they were I'm not saying Vietnam era guys. You know, I was back in 92. So, I mean, the guys, my, my team leaders, my platoon sergeants, uh, my instructors, they were, you know, the eighties Marines, you know, rough, yep. tough and hardcore. but it was like, just shut up, pick that ruck up, you know, a hundred pound ruck. And I'm like, this ruck was made in the sixties, dude. Like, why do we not have, 
options? Why do we not have mountaineering equipment in order in order to handle that weight? You know, and then you get that cross-eyed look. Right. I, I can respect the old school stuff. You know, you know me. I love 1911s. You know, yeah. people are going to gun yeah. jams all the time. Well, actually, mine doesn't, but okay, and I'm not going to argue with you, but sure. I can't shoot Glocks, so yeah. I stuck to the gun that I was issued for 20 years in the Marine Corps that I got trigger time on, and yeah. you know I've had those $1,700 Glocks, but I could pick up a 1911 and drive tax with it, and I could never do it with a Glock. Yeah. Again, I put in the time that I needed. I try to fix Something, one one thing that wasn't really broken, you know, it's my, the skill level wasn't broken per se, but then I try to fix it with a, a another different gun, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, your problem would have been solved if your Glock had have had the grip angle of a 1911. I'm convinced of that. <laughs> I tried that. It didn't work. It was... Yeah, it, it, yeah. You just bought the piece of gear to make it more like a 1911, and it made you shoot yeah. the Glock better, right? Right. You know, it's, it's tough. And it's sometimes, uh, you know, I I find myself being hypocritical because I like gear just like the next guy. I mean, I've got, you come to my house, I got a garage full of crap, but I've got bins full of stuff that never worked. Yeah. But why do I know it never worked is because I put in the time to use it and I found it didn't work. Like chasing a tail is, you know, it's, you're going to get there eventually, but you know, it, it may not be as satisfying as you, as you might think. Yeah. I had 17, 18 holsters for the same gun. And I'm <laughs> same like, gun, yeah. you know, it's like all different colors, different positions, different clips, different that. And you've got to try equipment. Don't get me wrong because we're all built differently. Yeah. Find um, what works for you. Right. You know, and I'm, I mean, we're, we're the same age. So, my eyesight's going. I can't see the damn front side, even if I wanted to. I'm blind in I'm, one eye and can't see out of the other at this point. So, yeah, I shoot normally shoot with both eyes closed anyway. So it's I mean, like <laughs> when you pull that. the trigger, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like uh, you know what? What's the latest thing going on right now with with handguns? Is red dots? Everybody, every company out there is now offering guns with red dots. They are and that Yeah. Yeah, RMRs, um, the Leopold Delta Points. I mean, there's a plethora of companies that are building pretty solid electronic optics, small optics for handguns. They are phenomenal, but they are horrible if you don't train on it. They are great for guys that can't see the front sight. They are great for people that want to go to the target range and just have a more enjoyable experience, the, the visual equation that we have to do with iron sights is difficult and a lot of people don't understand how that equation actually plays out in a gunfight with iron sights so red dots actually help you do what you should be doing in a gunfight anyway which is you know target focus which is what your brain's going to want to do so that type of equipment helps supplement makes us faster but it will not make you faster right you know the just gear- because yeah. piece of equipment that will make you faster. You've got to have the experience behind it. You know, you look at three gun guys, competitive guys, you know, and I hear people scoff at me. Well, they're three gunners. It's not a real gunfight. I hate to tell you, bud, but these guys shoot fast and they shoot accurate. How do you win a gunfight? You shoot fast, fast and you and shoot accurate, accurate. Right. <laughs> and you got to shoot faster 
accurate than the other guy. Well, the other guy might be training. The other guy might not be training. You might get lucky. He might get lucky. But I would rather not rely on luck and rely on training and practice and get faster. So if there's something I can do that's going to get me faster, and there's a point of limitation. Why do you think weightlifters use weight belts? Because their body physically cannot handle that weight without augmentation. A gun is different. I can't run that gun any faster without maybe augmenting, augmenting the trigger, augmenting the sights, augmenting the, the, my, you know, other than the the presentation portion. So there comes a point to where I now need help to get faster, more accurate. And that's kind of where the gear comes in. You know, you can pick three gunners, the open, the guys that shoot open, and the guys that shoot stock, the guys that shoot iron sights and red dots versus the guys that shoot red dots on their handguns and magnified optics, the guys that are shooting enhanced equipment are going to shoot faster. Not because they're better, but because their equipment has bridged that gap of you know, a fair fight, if you will. You know? Yeah, and I, I think as a, you make another really good point is – you know, in competition, it really becomes apparent. And yeah, the guys with the gear are doing really well, but they're not doing really well just because of the $3,500 worth of gear that they're running. Right, they're right. doing really well because of the training and the practice that they've done. Um, and so I want to go back up just a minute and, and hopefully you don't mind me putting you on the spot. I want you to explain to our audience in your mind the difference between practicing and training because there's a there's a definite difference between those two and I think that's important to point out and talk about. Well, tra- training I, I look at training as in I'm doing it with somebody. I'm either being taught something, I'm I'm in that environment like I you know talk about with jujitsu like I go in a way training class you know, it's an hour long. I'm under the tutelage of an instructor that was more than me. You know, hopefully they know more than me. You know, right. in jujitsu, everybody knows more than me. But yeah. um, and then then I take that particular technique and I go practice it. You know, am I training in 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 the sense of am I going out there and doing something, applying something? Yes, I'm training. But it but when you break it down between the two, I find that. Training is something you do under with somebody else as, as, you know, either being taught or overseen or instructing somebody else as well. And then practicing is the application of those particular techniques. Because you have techniques, you have methods um, in which we do something. You practice a magazine reload. You practice, you, you practice doing, uh, you know, a, a, a drill, an engagement drill, two to the chest, one to the head, or or four, six, seven to the chest, or whatever the case may be, whatever that drill is, sure. you're practicing, practicing that. Yes, I would say argumentatively, yes, you're training. But I don't, when I practice, it, it's kind of, I have to now have a control point because the only point to practicing is to get better. If I am doing a specific drill, like a magazine reload drill, like fire one, reload, fire one, does that have any sort of application to a gunfight? No, I'm never going to shoot somebody once, do a speed reload, and shoot them one more time. But I took a piece of what I may find myself 
having to do in, you know, a high school situation in a gunfight or something like that. And I practice that. I take a little piece out, you know, and then I can practice doing, you know, weapons retention or presentation, drawing from the holster. If I appendix carry or purse carry, not that I carry purse, you might, but I don't. Um, yeah. I so don't. it's, no, you've got I, a, I, I kidney pouch carry. That's how I do the, the man bag. Yes. Um, man. So Merce. Merce, there you go. So, um, I find you have, you don't have to necessarily do training per se, but if you have no grounds of knowing what you're doing, then you got to receive instructions somehow. You have to train under somebody. You can't just watch YouTube. And I don't get me wrong. I love YouTube. It's a lot of good information out there. There is. For good information, I would say there's probably 10 that are horrible to the one. And it's, but you're filtering. You do, What is good? I don't know. Hey, I saw this technique on uh, YouTube. How? Yeah. You know, well, that's stupid. But okay. But it's out there because there's no filter sure. on you for stupid stuff. I mean, yeah. that's why. And for folks you know, that don't know, it's the same as anything else, right? It all looks the same. It all smells the same. So how do I get through that, right? And I think part of that is just going out there and doing it for yourself and figuring it out or signing up for a class, finding a good class and signing up and going through it and experiencing and going, ah, that doesn't really work or, ah, that's stupid, you know, whatever it is. Or, hey, that's really a good, a good, uh, a, a good technique. Right. And I, and I've done a lot of training classes as, as have you, I've, you know, not just handgun classes, carbine classes, everything, you know, every, everything that I've done in life, I've gone through a training course, if you will. Um, and there's been, you know, in particular handgun, I've gone to some very good ones. I've gone to some others where I've had a little bit of takeaway as to you know, what everything I'm doing right now is, is better, but it was still trigger time. So that was good. Um, I never gone to a class and said, well, that was an absolute waste of my time. I've had friends go to other instructors and large name instructors, and I'm not going to name drop anyway, sure. but, um, and come back and said, that was an absolute waste of time. I argue is, was it a waste of time? Because it was still trigger time. You, you may still heard take of- away something, right? Even if it's the- just the trigger time. Right. Yeah. I mean, you may have heard more stories of how badass they were you know when they were you know whatever unit and you know but you didn't get as much trigger time as you paid for so from a i I guess a value standpoint they didn't get as good of a deal on it because they paid three hundred dollars to listen to a guy talk about himself and watch him and (laughs) they talk about around in eight hours i'm not saying that that's good or bad i never went to the course but it's something. It sometimes gives you a different perspective. Um, I've heard instructors say things that, you know, both in philosophical, you know, sides of things with gunfights and how you think things are going to happen or your, your assumptions on things to the way they handle a gun or, or shoot around a barricade or do whatever. And I go, man, I do exactly that same thing. But I never thought about it from this perspective i just did it because that's what my instructor taught me 20 years ago at my first b course but it it was never and it works for you yeah but back then it was never explained why it works it's shut up and do it silly and shoot around the barricade and 
you know, okay, cool. And I do it. And, and then you hear somebody break it down as to these are things you need to think about. This is why. And then you start understanding things more. And it's, I do this with people that come in to the retail store to buy a gun is, would you rather be educated and know what you're shopping for? Or would you rather listen to the monkey behind the counter and tell you what you need, what you should get? I would rather be an educated consumer. Yeah. So when I spend my money, I know it's spent, you know, it's, it's a good value and it's where I want to spend my money. Yeah. Or do I save up another hundred dollars and then take a training class instead of buying that cheap, whatever, in, in place of what I actually need, because I don't know what I'm doing, so I need training. Or I know what I'm doing, I need practice. Or I've been practicing, I've reached that, you know, that plateau. I can't get any faster out of the holster, out of the holster I'm wearing. Or I can't do, you know, I can't acquire my sights as quickly under these conditions. That's when you would start augmenting with said equipment or other options out there. Sure. Know? But I think the point that we're trying to make is that you can't replace or augment training and know-how with gear. Gear enhances, certainly, but it doesn't replace or isn't in lieu of. That, Correct. I, I think that's a safe statement to make. Yeah, yeah and you can't, you can't put it before one before the other because, you again, you don't know what you want. You don't know, you know, until I get trigger time on a Glock, well, I buy a Glock and then I put in a drop in trigger and then I change the sights and then I had grip work done to it and then I have a magwell put on it. Um, but you never work the gun in it in it at its core, so you don't know do you really need that? Was that You don't even know if you ever needed it. Trigger? Right. Now do it did that two hundred and fifty dollar trigger yeah, I've seen guys shoot Glocks better than I can shoot a nineteen eleven. Yeah. And that that's cool, but you know, do they do they just are so good with that Glock that they don't need all those enhancements? So why spend the money there? They put in the trigger time. I'd almost bet you that most of them have put in the trigger time, but we fall back to instant gratification. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to buy a Glock and I'm not, I'm don't, you, I don't want to sound like I'm harping on Glock. Glock's a great gun. Yeah. Isn't the best gun out there. I have one you know? or two. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got one. Yeah. So I mean, they they need to do best. I mean, most people can't outshoot the gun. If you take all human elements out of firing that gun, you know, and just trigger pull sights, it doesn't matter. The gun is going to shoot better than you and I could ever shoot it. Yeah. You know, uh, will certain things make it easier for me to take full advantage of what the gun is capable of? Yes. Same thing with an AR. You know, when you get with certain certain builds and designs of ARs or you know what's what's better you know muzzle brakes and and flash hiders and sights and all these things are gonna they're not gonna get you shoot better per se but they're gonna let you fill the gap of you know you can shoot the gun faster and harder you know run the gun harder run the gun faster when you you have supplemented with certain equipment you know, I, yeah, I'm not 250 pounds. I'm not 350 pounds and I'm not 120 pounds. You know, a, a two, two, three rifle doesn't kick my butt, but it still moves, Yeah. you know, and how you prevent those things from moving more is by supplementing with a piece of equipment, like a muzzle brake or a comp or something. So sure. there will always be 
that difference between a, 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 you know, a race gun guy, like three gun competitive guy that shoots a, a baseline equipment, and then the guys that have graduated up to, you know, that $3,000 AR, that, you know, $3,600 salient arms, Benelli and the, and the, you know, the, um, uh, you know, the $3,500 custom STI race guns or whatever it's, and I, and I've seen that equipment maybe bridge the gap between an okay shooter that has all that equipment and a good shooter that doesn't have any, any of it at all. Prime example, I've seen guys with that only shoot open guns, only shoot race guns, and I have seen them shoot a non-comped, non-tuned gun and can't hold a 10-inch group at 10 yards with no pressure, nobody shooting back at you. You know, sure. because they learn that piece of equipment and that piece of equipment only, they can't pick up a regular firearm and shoot it because of all the things that they're not used to, they're not experienced on. Not that they're a bad shooter per se. They have mastered what they have mastered. Kind of like having a Taekwondo guy fight a Judo guy, right. you know? Totally different. It, two different fight, fighting yeah. skills, you know? So yeah. one may beat the other out in one skill set and vice versa. But, um, well, that's kind of a good point that you make too, um, is that the gear doesn't make you a great shooter. You just may be a shooter at some level based on your gear. But if you took all that away, you may or may not be performing at the level that you want to be or should be minus, you know, sans the gear, right? But, but you can't, like, if I, if I say, yeah, I've got a, my carry gun has night sights. It's got a, a red dot on here. It's got a flared magwell. It's got a three pound trigger. It's got all these things. Yeah. If I'm practicing on that, I'm getting better with that equipment. Is there a better piece of equipment out there to make me a better shooter? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But I also don't want to go backwards. You know, I don't want to go to, I, I, I carry an STI. It's a compact STI based off of 1911, I'm really good with that gun. Can I pick a Glock up and do okay? Can I pick an MMP up and do okay? Sure. Yes, I can. Is it going to be good enough maybe for a gunfight? Yeah, maybe. But I'm getting the trigger time on the piece of equipment I'm going to use. I didn't get that piece of equipment because nothing else worked. I got that piece of equipment because I realized I had so much time on that similar piece of equipment that I was fighting what I already knew and I was trying to retrain everything I knew or adapt it per se sure. to different piece of equipment yeah. that not saying a, a 1911 ish 2011 style gun is better than an MMP, a Glock, a Beretta, a VP nine, H and K VP nine or anything. It's not better. It's different that I have, not, this is by no means means of arrogance, but I have mastered that gun. Yeah, you know, can I can I duplicate what I can do with that gun with a VP9? No. Can I still shoot a VP9? Yes. Are the fundamentals still true to both systems? Absolutely. Sure. But I didn't buy that because my skill level sucked. I bought that because of my baseline skill level on that particular system. Um, and it's, it's, a th it's the same with anything, but that's when we get into walk into that gun store or walk into a situation 
in, in which we want equipment. We don't ever think about the training and the practice that right. I have as a baseline. I think about, you know, just replace it with equipment. You can't do that. It's like navigating with a GPS. The GPS fails. I can't read a map. Right. So you have that foundation. <laughs> You've got to be able to have a core starting point yeah. and then progress. It's yeah. not all inclusive. It's a guy that's got a baseline skill versus a guy with a baseline skill with better equipment. Yeah, the guy with the baseline, same equal skills with better equipment is probably going to be able to do it a little bit better than. Well, you, know? you, make, you, you make a good point <clears throat> directly or indirectly that even with the gear, even when you tack on, you know, a thousand plus dollars of equipment, RMR, whatever, night sights, crazy trigger, whatever. The training with that gear is what makes you proficient and effective with the gear. It's not that the gear brought you up to the level. It's that you working with that gear brought you up to the level. And I think that's a that's a good takeaway, too, because my takeaway from all this conversation we're having is it's not the gear that makes you. It's really the training and practice. And I and, yeah. and, and, and for our audience, I hope they're taking that away, too, because, you know, the five hundred dollar laser on your AR isn't going to make you shoot your layer after dark any better. Right. I mean, it might, but it's only after you've trained with it that it will. And so, yeah, and it's, it's, it's familiarization with what you have. Yes. You know, and it, if you can get all that cool stuff, that that's great. But it you you still got to put in the trigger time. You still have to put in the effort. You still got to go to the gym. You still got to do all those things. You it's not take the magical pill, you know, swallow that pill or buy, you know, get on Amazon and, and replace it that way. You've got to go to the range. You've got to dry practice. And these guys that are, you know, top level competitive shooters and these guys that, you know, have been downrange in gunfights, you, you honestly think any of these guys haven't spent hours and hours, hundreds or thousands of hours doing that exact thing that they are training to execute or that they're, they may end up having to execute when they go overseas or pull up, uh, pull somebody over at two o'clock in the morning for a broken taillight, whatever you, you, you you cannot just rely on the equipment too many times. I've seen people come in and say, well, what's the perfect light? What's the perfect sights? What's the perfect holster? What's the perfect trigger? Um, I'm just going to throw this, you know, or what's the perfect gun. I'm just going to, I never want to shoot it. I'm just going to buy it and stick it in my, right. my dress the house. If I never- buy the $3,500 weapon with all outfitted with all the stuff that I know makes the top people, the top people, then I know on the rare occasion that I get it out of the box, that $3,500 plus gun is going to make me perform. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's my, I find that, you know, it's like, do you need a $2,700 AR or $700 AR with $2,000 worth of training and practice, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying you need $2,000 worth of training and practice, but one bullets aren't cheap. Not all practice requires you to go to a range, um, but you, we don't learn through osmosis. I don't, you know, if you're learning how to do math, you can't just read a book. You've actually got to write some stuff down on a piece of paper. Um, right. And if you're cheating using a calculator your whole life, you're never going to be able to add two plus two 
you know, or give me change at the, the drive through without a calculator. Um, yeah, yeah, but and you, you know, in my mind, and this is just how my small mind works, I would rather go with the the person that's got the $700 AR and the $2,000 worth of training, if that's what your training is, versus the guy with the AR with $2,000 worth of crap, facil- you know, put on it mm-hmm. and zero or very little training on it. I'll, I'll take the guy with the training any day. Yeah, and uh, and you you probably have stood somebody on stood next to somebody on the range. I've had students in front of me with they had money, they bought all the coolest equipment. Yeah. You know the, the annual defense, the aim point pros, and all this other stuff. <laughs> right. You know, got the body armor and all the tactical cool stuff, but they couldn't they couldn't operate that firearm at all. And I'm not saying that at least they were taking a training class. Absolutely. You know? discouraging that don't take a training class unless you know what you're doing because that's kind of counterproductive you know i've taken plenty of training classes where i had no clue what i was doing and i look like a buffoon but but you're learning first, right but it's that first step just because i could afford nice equipment in the beginning that's i'm not faulting anybody for that um what i am faulting is for those that that just like you, you you mentioned that just going to spend that twenty seven hundred dollars on an AR, not shoot it, and then you shoot it, especially in a home defense situation or whatever other type of situation, and somebody unintentionally gets hurt that they didn't mean to hurt. It's on them. It's not on Daniel Defense because they built a nice rifle. It's not on Aim Point. They built a you know a, a bomb proof optic. It's it's on them because they failed to train with that piece of equipment. Yeah got to know your stuff got to use your stuff know it practice it train it train with it that concludes part one of two join us for part two where we continue our discussion with van talking about training versus gear and thanks for listening